Welcome to Courageous Parenting Podcast, a weekly show to equip parents with biblical truth on raising confident Christian kids in an uncertain world. Hi, I'm Angie from Courageous Mom. And Isaac from Resolute Man, together pursuing the mission to impact 10 million families and their legacies for the kingdom of God. We've been married for 23 years and are seeing the fruit from raising our nine children biblically based on the raw truth found in the Bible. We can no longer let the culture win the hearts of children as too many from Christian families are walking away from their faith by the age 18. And it doesn't have to be this way. It shouldn't be this way. We're praising the Lord that the ministry continues to expand and impact more legacies. We couldn't do this without you, whether you pray for us, give us five-star reviews, or share on social. Or even if you purchase courses and merch or join the Be Courageous app community, enjoy the coffee or support financially. We're so thankful you are a big part of the 10 Million Legacies movement. If you want access to all the episodes, show notes, and other biblically-based resources, go to BeCourageousMinistry.org. Join us as we start another important conversation about effective parenting in the following world. Hey, welcome to the podcast. Hey, everybody. Today, we're talking about how to raise boys and girls differently, or some insights, at least, about that. Yeah. So as many of you guys know, we have nine kids, seven boys and two girls. And so we have raised both daughters and sons. Um, And we're still in the process of raising a bunch of sons, actually. In fact, a two-year-old named Xander. (laughs) That's right. Little boy. And so we've been asked this question many times, like, I'll just share maybe what some of the messages I've gotten. Some of them have been like, hey, I was raised in a family full of girls and I have boys myself and I don't know what I'm doing. How can you encourage me as a mom of some busy little boy? So we are going to talk about that. I've also gotten questions about the differences in raising boys and girls because people had a different expectation of what it would be after how they were raised in a family that had maybe more of one gender than what they are currently raising in their own family. And so we're excited to talk about this today. Yeah, it's maybe a little behind the scenes of just what we Mm -hmm. have done, what we have learned. And um, of course, God is doing Mm -hmm. different things in different families, but it's also biblical. We're going to look at some scriptures too um, that I think will help everybody. That's right. So today in the podcast, we are going to talk about the similarities that we have seen in raising boys and girls, as well as some of the differences. So I hope that that'll be encouraging to you. And practical insights too. Yeah. So we're excited to dive in. Mm -hmm. First, just want to thank you for being part of the 10 Million Legacies Movement. We are working full-time, more than full-time effort. In fact, Megan's on board and Angie's part-time. She's got a Mm -hmm. full-time job, you know, in the home and so (laughs) forth. But, uh, and I'm working full-time and we're really, you know, doing things that matter for the kingdom of God, we believe, and Mm -hmm. they're called to do it. You can find out everything, all the free resources, the things you can purchase that have huge value Mm -hmm. and also support the ministry at Be Creative ministry.org. Mm-hmm. We hope you do. We hope also you give a five-star review, whether you're listening on Google mm-hmm. or Apple. Also the Be Courageous Ministry YouTube channel. Would you please go and subscribe right mm-hmm. now? We need to get over a thousand subscribers. We just launched it essentially, letting people know about it uh, this last week. And it takes a thousand subscribers before we can start to do some other more dynamic things mm-hmm. to grow the channel and the impact of it. But the Resolute Man and Courageous Parenting Podcast are both in the same place there. That's exciting. So, (laughs) well, let's dive in here. Let's talk about this. We're going to be chatting about the two different genders. Obviously, there's only two genders, biblically speaking, right? The world will try to tell you something different, Mm -hmm. but here on Courageous Parenting, we're going to keep it biblical. So Genesis 127, this is God's design, you guys, and it's beautiful, and there's absolutely no confusion in it. It says, so God created man in Mm -hmm. his own image. In the image of God, he created him. 
male and female, he created them. So there's male and female. There's no other version or no extra gender in the Bible for how God created humans. And I love that there's clarity for that. And I know that in today's society where you hear many um, confusing uh, messages, your kids are potentially exposed to confusing messages, or they know people who are not necessarily walking in how God made them confidently. And that can be hard raising kids. And so, you know, today we're going to be talking about biblically raising sons and daughters. As And we, like we said, we're going to talk about some of the similarities, because honestly, I think there's more similarities in raising boys and girls than there are differences. But yeah. obviously, we see that there are differences. Differences. If you're married, you know that you are different than your husband. And if you have more than one child, you know that even the same gender, if you have two boys or three boys, I'm sure you would agree with me that all of them are very different. And so while you're going to be discipling them the same and you're going to be consistent in discipline and loving them equally and unconditionally, there are differences in how God made them, whether that be their personalities or different things like that. And so there's going to be differences little minute differences in how you raise your boys too. Absolutely. What an interesting time. We've recently been studying mm -hmm. the different generations. We talk more about it in this upcoming free workshop. We'll share a little bit later. But four yeah. of our boys are Generation Z and the three youngers are Generation Alpha. Isn't that funny? <laughs> That's seven boys. So we're we're right there with you. If you have teenagers and 20-year-olds, we're, we're in the same season. But if you have littles that are under 12 years old, we also do as well and are parenting that alpha generation right now with you. And two wonderful yeah. daughters. That's right. Amazing daughters. Yes. Yeah, so, and they're a lot old. Well, Kelsey is 23 and Megan's 18 as of right now. So yeah. um, anyway, but we want to just dive in here and start talking to you about where this all starts. Like, what is the, what is the topic that we wanted to talk about first, right, Isaac? We're going to yeah. talk about vision because I think vision really impacts how you are going to have conversations with your kids when you're teaching them different things for their life, yeah. right? What do you see for your boy's future and what do you see for your girl's future? And does that line up with the Bible also? Mm -hmm. And you can see all kinds of things and everybody's visions mm -hmm. can have some nuances to them for sure. Maybe mm -hmm. your daughters are gifted in a certain way. So you have this vision mm -hmm. for them and your boys are gifted in a certain way and you have a vision for them. But there are some things that let's face it, you know, I want to make sure I'm raising up boys that are going to be great providers down the mm -hmm. road. They're going to protect, provide, and love their families well. That is in my mind. And mm -hmm. look for an amazing bride that they can be an awesome team together. Yeah. Yeah, it's interesting. So, you know, obviously when we're talking about vision, you guys, we would hope that you would know what we mean by that, that none of us know exactly what our sons and daughters are going to do for a profession when they're older. We might have some little hints along the way as we see them really get passionate mm -hmm. about specific skills or, or industries that they're interested in. And as they get older, it might become more and more clear. We all pray that it becomes more and more clear and that we're able to, through um, allowing them to have different experiences and get to know older people who are in different professions and talking to them. That all helps in directing their steps, right? But ultimately, as parents, you don't necessarily know what the future holds for them. Mm -hmm. So when you're raising your kids, you don't want to be like raising them to fulfill 
your dreams for your kids. Mm -hmm. Instead, what we would encourage you in, and I do believe that this part is prescriptive because this is biblical. So as biblical parents, we don't want a to be pushing our kids to live our dream for them. But instead we want to inspire our kids to seek God's will for their life, which is not necessarily going to be mom and dad's will for their life. I would hope it is, but that's dependent upon if you're really seeking God yourself and you're praying for your child within their within his So will. what's a, obviously we want both to glorify God with their yes. lives, but what's a vision for the gals, you so, being you being a gal. Yeah, no, it's a great question. So you know, obviously there are some hints and some very direct things that we see in scripture. Um, I think of Proverbs thirty-one as being one of the most impactful chapters in the Bible for mm-hmm. me as a young mom and wife who didn't really know what I was supposed to be doing. To read that and to get some direction, have some goals for myself, some inspiration and motivation, if you will. And and there are many scriptures, right? We talk. About about so many different scriptures in the podcast and they so much of this applies to women right but you know ultimately when it comes to my girls I want them to be walking in God's will for their life and so to be pre- preparing them to be biblical women that really is what my focus is and mm-hmm. I think Isaac would he would be a biblical man Absolutely. yeah and so like when you're raising your kids you may not know the actual what they're going to be doing as far as a profession goes but you know you want to raise them to be biblical people. And and that if you focus on that, then God is faithful. And if as long as you are b- building character, building up their self-esteem in their identity being in Christ, um, and you have a biblical solid foundation, and you're modeling obedience to God in your own life, I really believe that that's really the foundation, right? When mm-hmm. you're making God the foundation of your home, and your kids grow up knowing, as for me and my house, we're going to serve the Lord, and then they get to know Jesus. Obviously, discipleship is huge, so that they want to give their lives to the Lord themselves and making that a profession of faith and really making their faith their own relationship with God. And then as they grow up, you see them live that out in all the decisions that they make, because there's going to be a lot of decisions that they make throughout their life. And there's a high likelihood in our hope, right? High likelihood. They're going to get married and they're going to have families and they're going to raise children, Mm -hmm. right? So that's part of the vision, right? Oh, hundred percent. And so, you know, as far as biblical gender roles, Isaac and I go into this a lot more in the Courageous Marriage series that we are just actually wrapping up, right? In the Be Courageous app, we have a whole um, one hour teaching on biblical gender roles. So if that's something that you're interested in, just go look that up on the Be Courageous app. But, um, you know, when we're raising our kids and trying to instill this vision of like, and you know, marriage and what it can be, I know that just in talking to our kids, you know this too, they mm-hmm. all have a desire to be married one day, mm-hmm. which is just awesome, right? Mm-hmm. I know for us, we're like, oh, that means maybe more grandbabies, <laughs> Lord willing, right? Um, and that's exciting. But but there are some differences as you think of vision yeah. in the biblical roles in family. Mm-hmm. That's going to give a nuance, in, at least it does in our family. Yeah. It nuances how we talk about certain things to the boys and certain things to the girls. While at the same time, as we went through this and really audited our own Experience, equipping yeah. of mm-hmm. our children, um, it's really the same skills, but with a different vision. Yes. So there's very rare spots where we actually teach different things or raise mm-hmm. our children, boys and girls, differently, actually. It's pretty rare. Yeah. But it's but there are some. But yeah. but really, as we look back, it's just been with a different narrative uh-huh. and vision. And 
to really align with what the Bible says about marriage. And there, you know, I would say that the the rare occasions when it is something that's like a different skill that maybe the girls didn't learn, it's actually rare for that child even, or maybe even just a couple children that learned it. And it's maybe not necessarily something all of the boys would even be learning, right? Yeah. And then that really comes down to like, especially for us because we homeschool and we're with our kids all the time um, and seeing like some of them have more of a mechanical, analytical mindset. And that's how God wired them uniquely, right? And so to give them opportunities to be fixing things and doing things, that might be different for that kiddo and not necessarily something that all of the boys are jumping into, although we do see that there's a bent for boys in doing that sort of thing. Right? We do. So so the question might come up, well, since you brought up fixing things, yeah. do you then not allow your girls to learn how to fix things? And no, that's not the answer. That's <laughs> not what we've done. It's just that our particular girls haven't really shown a high interest in learning how to fix things. Mm -hmm. But if they did, we would encourage mm -hmm. that. Yeah. And but we would also be encouraging their a biblical future view of, you know, raising kids up in the future and mm -hmm. being home with the kids and so forth with the girls. Mm -hmm. But it doesn't mean we limit. We literally purposely have decided a long time ago that we're not going to limit our girls from learning all kinds of things wherever mm -hmm. they're they're interested in things just like the boys. But the mm -hmm. boys do understand that they're going to be providing for a family someday. Mm -hmm. And our girls really understand that because it's their vision, they're excited about it, that they're likely to be married and raising children someday. Mm -hmm. But you know what? Our girls every bit as much learn how to do a job and learn how to manage money, manage money, right? and all the different yeah, things. All the different things. Well, I just even want to like, I think that it would be really beneficial to even use, here's a similarity is a cooking, for example, right? And so one of the things that I've been really intentional with my boys and that I think that a lot of people skimp on, I think this is kind of a, a pit hole that people can get in is that they think that if they're raising their daughters to be the stay-at-home moms and the wives, they're primarily going to be managers of the home and they'll be primarily doing the cooking. And while that may be true, right, that is something that I have modeled for sure within our marriage. Yeah. Um, the truth is, is that there were seasons where like when I was pregnant, where I was super sick and I was unable when I'm on bed rest for three months to be cooking for my family. And so Isaac had a step in other women in our church did step in and that was a huge, huge help. But I wish but, I would have been more equipped in that, frankly, yeah. because, you know, I didn't have that experience. Obviously, when I was in college living by myself, I cooked, but it wasn't. But you ate out mainly, right? Like, and, and we're buying things that were already pre-made and stuff like that. Uh, mostly. But, yeah. but, but I didn't really know how to do that in a family context. Right. And so I think that, like, for me, one of the things that I've seen as a pit fall or a, a hole, a gap in some families is that they won't teach the boys how to cook mm -hmm. because they just think that they're not going to be doing that. And I actually have a completely different perspective and have been trying to teach my boys at least like I have had this goal in my mind that I want them to at least know how to make 15 main 
dishes and like what are their favorite things, right? And so I'll start there to make it really interesting for the boys. I do have some boys that absolutely love to cook, even as teenagers, and they've always loved being in the kitchen. I've always called them my sous chef. Um, but not all the boys were super like, hey, mom, can I help you in the kitchen? While some of them were. And so, but that doesn't mean that I just let the other ones off the hook. No, I wanted them to know how to make steak, for example. I remember that was like Austin's really big thing when he was at home was, hey, mom, how do I make a steak? Well, and just this last week, Drew learned and it, it was yes. so good. It was so good. He, he had nailed been, it. We had been talking. And I was like, hey, one of the main things, like you love meat and potatoes. That's like your jam. And so <laughs> you need to really know how to master this, right? And so he, we were learning together and he he really took it on and he did a fantastic job. But my point in doing that was, you know, there's a few things. One, as a mom and dad, you don't actually know what age your kid's going to be when they get married, if they get married. Lord willing, they do. And so the truth is, is you need to equip both your men and women that you're raising in how to cook for themselves, because that is a life skill that is necessary for all people. And even if they were blessed to be able to get married at a younger age, where maybe they're they're in a team with a, a, a wife, I'll be talking about the son here, and that wife knows how to cook. The truth is, is not all women do know how to cook. I can say that because I didn't know how to cook, right? And so for Isaac and I, neither of us really knew what we were doing. And we ha- I had to fumble. We both fumbled a lot in that first year regarding cooking. And we learned a lot. And it was, and it's okay. That path is okay. But if you know in advance that that is a life skill that your kids are going to have to do every day for the rest of their life, why wouldn't you try to make it a little easier and teach them something? We're going to dive into some of these practicals in a second, but I do want to just invite you to be one of the first people to get the Biblical Parenting in a Changed World free workshop. And it's just over 40 Mm -hmm. minutes and super interactive. Angie and I uh, are excited to do it. Uh, We've been working on like Mm -hmm. the slides and the scriptures and all the different things. And the research too, just even finding like Isaac was doing a bunch of research on the differences between Generation Z and Generation Alpha and like what is really typical of those generations. That was super fascinating to me. And so we're really excited to be offering a free parenting workshop and it's going to be Awesome. Completely free. So there's a blog for every episode. You can find it through Mm BeCourageousMinistry.org. Hit podcasts and then hit Courageous Parenting and you'll find it right there within the the, the, um, blog post for this episode will be information on how to get this free workshop. So biblical parenting in a changed world. Why? Because the world has radically changed in just the last three years. We know it's going to change more, but what needs to be upgraded to be parenting during these times to bypass the challenge that's happening, which is almost 80% of Children raised in Christian homes are walking away from the faith at age 18. It doesn't have to be this way, right? So we're addressing that very timely workshop. We hope you enjoy it. Well, anyways, um, let's dive back into some practicals on this. So we were just talking about cooking, but there's other things. There's other differences. Mm -hmm. What we've noticed in our home with seven boys and two girls is that the girls were the most talkative. They Mm -hmm. get way more words out, which falls in a line with what we know a difference between men and women in Mm -hmm. a general aspect is yes. they have way more words to get out, right? Yep. So so that has been something and there's that's a blessing in a lot of ways, but there's also challenges with something. Mm-hmm. While also we've noticed our boys have way less words mm-hmm. 
And so mm-hmm. what tends to happen in that situation when you're home with them during the day, Ange? Well, there's a tendency for the girls to do a lot more of the talking. And especially in a big family like ours, it really takes effort and work to ask pinpointed questions of those who have fewer words to try to bring them into the conversation so that they too can be heard. I think that one of the things, one of the life skills that we would teach similarly but different also to our boys and girls is this ability to hear people well, to be good listeners. Mm. That's going to be equally um, talked about with both the girls and the boys, but with the girls, it's it's in a different context. And with the boys, it's in a different context in the sense that it's like, hey, guys, you know, one conversation that Isaac might have with the boys is girls tend to talk more. So you need to be a good at listening. You need to be a good listener and be mm-hmm. patient with them, right? Whereas with the girls, it's like, hey, guys don't oftentimes speak their emotions or their feelings or their thoughts, especially if you're already talking. So you need to be a good listener and ask good questions and wait and give them time to respond and don't interrupt, right? And so now while there can be very talkative boys also, That's true. This is why you teach being a good listener to both boys and girls. That's just a straight across another similarity. But with the talkative boys, you're also going to go, hey, you know what? Girls also have a lot of things to share too. So it's a good thing for you to practice valuing what other people have to say, which I would say to anyone who has a talkative child, like if they have a talkative child, what are you going to challenge them in? To be a good listener, to not be all about their words. It's so important because if these boys get raised day in and day out with a mom and girls that are doing a high, high percentage of all of the talking, what can happen is that boy can grow up starting to wonder if his voice is worth listening to. And that would be very, very dangerous Mm -hmm. for a future man uh, to not have confidence in his voice, to not feel appreciated by people listening Mm -hmm. to him and these kinds of things. And so that really is important. Mm -hmm. I love how you've done that in our family because you're home way more than I am, Mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. Is just to really be purposeful to allow the the boys to have a voice too Mm -hmm. and to be patient and wait for them to speak and ask questions with really wanting to know the answers. There's a difference, right? We can ask questions of people and not really want to know the answer and we can ask Mm -hmm. questions and really want to. And you've done a good job with that. I think that's really important. Well, I think sometimes too with the boys that are a few words, sometimes they will just um, not necessarily be competitive to get their words out. And so they'll just be quiet, especially if there's a lot of really competitive voices around them. Mm -hmm. And I've had to recognize that they actually really will thrive and open up in really deep and profound ways if I get to have alone time with them where I can speak and ask questions of them that I know are going to be personal questions Mm -hmm. that are going to get them talking. Um, And that really has been like a purposeful thing that I've had to do with the boys. And, And even some of our girls need that too, right? I think that just having that alone time is really important as well. And they show their emotions differently too, which is along what you're saying right there, which Mm -hmm. is uh, the the girls are way more willing to volunteer their emotions, Mm -hmm. right? Uh, Which is beautiful. And the boys are way more into suppressing their emotions. Mm -hmm. And I think that masculinity, real biblical masculinity is men who 
are confident in showing their emotions in a mature way. Mm -hmm. And I think that can get stifled if we allow the normal to happen. And the normal is that women share their emotions, mm -hmm. men don't, women are doing the talking and the boys aren't in the home. Mm -hmm. And then what happens to them when they grow? They become this really suppressed emotional being mm -hmm. that doesn't have confidence in saying their words. And then they look at the media in the world and what it's saying about men and they just fall right in line with men are, you know, not very important. And they're always the dumb person in the shows mm -hmm. if they're dads and this kind of thing. Mm -hmm. And that can be very, very dangerous. And what do we want? We want our boys to rise up to be godly mm -hmm. men who can speak their mind and, and stand firm in biblical opinion mm -hmm. and walk in humility and love others well, but act like men and be strong at the same time. Mm -hmm. And that is boys or become great men when they're raised in environments where their strength is encouraged. Mm -hmm. It reminds me of this verse in 1 Corinthians 16, verse 13 it's and 14. It's absolutely one of my favorite verses. In fact, it's the my favorite man verse that exists. And uh, It actually is the inspiration for our stand firm hats, isn't it? Yeah, in Resolute Man, the <laughs> yes. whole Resolute Man movement, reject yes. passivity, stand yes. for truth, lead yes. on apologetically, okay. love others well. And be watchful, stand firm in the faith, act like men, be strong. Let all that you do be done in love. So this mm -hmm. wonderful mix of standing firm in the faith, acting like men, being strong, doing it in love. Mm -hmm. I love it. I know. And so like there's there's so many different verses that we have used over the years or have talked to our kids about. You know, Isaac obviously has um some really special conversations with the boys that I'm not a part of. And I have special conversations with the boys where he's not a part of those. And, and I think that both are necessary for raising biblical men, right? Mm -hmm. And for them to, for boys to be raised in a way where they understand that there is an equality of value of both men and women, but that we are made differently and to really treasure and value those differences and appreciate them and, even be attracted to them. Like that's a good thing, right? And so as as men and women who are raising men and women to be biblical, we want to make sure that we are encouraging our kids to be confident in when they're attracted, like the when the boys are attracted to a girl, what is your response? You always tell them. You're always like, oh, wait, aren't the girls pretty? Oh, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. a good thing. I couldn't read your mind for a second. <laughs> yeah, that's okay. <laughs> yeah, no, I think it's very good. At a certain point, I ask them, you know, when I start noticing, you know, do you think girls are pretty or, you know, have you noticed anybody pretty? Uh -huh. And these kinds of things. And they light up and say, oh, yeah. Or they uh -huh. say, oh, no. Then I know I was too early. But, you know, anyways, <laughs> it's, it's a good thing to talk about the differences in – for sure. Yeah. And I, but I think in that, just having that openness and having those even warm up conversations where your kids see, like, I know there are times when we've gotten out on a date and I watch the little boys react when I get dressed up, like they're like, Oh mom, you put on makeup. Oh, mm -hmm. you look so pretty. And then when dad's like, Oh, you look pretty. Then the little boys, they're like, Hee -hee -hee -hee. Yeah. you know, but that is like modeling for them that it's a good thing to be confident that you're attracted to a woman and that she's pretty. And I think that, you know, as parents, we mm -hmm. need to not be afraid of that, but 
to model what that looks like on a very healthy level. Hey, we've noticed too, they play differently. Our, our boys yep. and our girls play differently. And, you know, our boys tend to need to get more energy out, for example. Mm -hmm. And Angie sends them out to jump on the trampoline for 30 yes. minutes in between homeschool <laughs> and these kinds of things because they need that more, mm -hmm. at least in our family, right? And so I think that recognizing and maybe you have some high energy boys and mm -hmm. maybe we need to embrace that as a good thing, yes. but we need to change some, adjust some of the ways we're parenting, which is give them some freedom to go let that energy out because they may need it. Mm -hmm more than the girls do. You know, on a very basic level, biologically, there's estrogen and there's testosterone. And God gave boys a lot more testosterone than he gave girls. And so just understanding very basic human anatomy and the differences that are there, which by the way, social constructs can't change that. The reality, when you look at your kids with realistic perspectives, then you're able to have realistic expectations of them. And I think that's one of the biggest problems that we see even in the education system with a lot of overdiagnosing of ADHD, for example, and just even finding out that a massive population, massive percentage of kids are on hardcore drugs to calm them down. That's not okay. It, I'm just going to say it. I think that it's not okay. I think that's a misdiagnosis. Mm. I think there's something else going on there. And so as parents, we need to understand that, yes, God was intelligent. Mm -hmm. He was a brilliant creator and he created them male and female and they are different. And so being able to encourage those differences in your boys and in your girls is incredibly important, especially today. And to, to encourage them in a confident kind of way where they can grow up and be confident in that is going to be super important. And it comes back to what we talked about in the beginning, which is the vision while mm -hmm. many of the things that we do are very similar mm -hmm. with our boys and girls, both are given equal opportunity. Both uh, are, by mm -hmm. our example, embrace this, mm -hmm. the true reality that God created men and women equal in value mm -hmm. because we model that believe mm -hmm. that implicitly they do as well mm -hmm. and that's really important but it comes back to the vision right. for the some of the differences and when we approach so if we're talking about cooking with a boy it's going to be a little different than right. the why for the girl. the girl and if we're talking yeah. about fixing something right it might be similar it might be the same but right like the girls need to know how to use screwdrivers and hammers and i have them helping me hang pictures and they've mm -hmm. done all kinds of different like projects, even with the remodel of the studio, Megan was out here plastering she, walls and she did this wall she right was here. doing the art of the texturing on the walls. And that was what she was interested in. We kept asking her, do you want to do this? Do you want to do the flooring? No, I'm not really interested in the flooring. Drew and I did floor. And, you know, and she was like, I'm in, I'll help with making lunch for everybody who's working out there. I'm like, that's perfect. And I just even think about like, we, I have taught both the boys and the girls to cook. Like I was talking about for the boys, it's, well, you don't know if you're going to get married right away. You need to be able to eat. Hello. But then there's also this element. I want you to be a blessing when you get married. And mm -hmm. like, if your wife can't cook, you can step in the gap. That's important also. Like if she's down right, with bed rest or something. Right, if she's down with bed rest or something, you're sick. But then with the girls, my conversation is, you also need to know how to cook in the same right as these boys. But it's more in the context of, this is what you're going, you're going to be the manager of a home one day. This is what God calls you to you as a woman, regardless of if you're married or not, you're going to be managing your home and cooking for yourself. And, and Lord willing, you're going to have someone to cook for, and then you're going to have many someones to cook for. And so it's just interesting though, because when we have like free time for different things, 
what the kids are drawn to do is definitely based upon their wiring. And so what I see even just the other day was when we have free time, you'll see the boys run out to start working on building more shells or working on their, their, the flags that drew cells. Right. And, and which are phenomenal by the way. Um, and then you have Megan who's like making cookies yesterday. (laughs) Right. And I'm like, what are you doing? You just helped make lunch. And she's like, I'm making cookies for the neighbors because they're sick, you know? And I'm just like that such a girl thing to do. I love it, right? Like they're going to love that. And so it's just, there is something that draws women more to certain things and something that draws men more towards other things. And it's okay. We don't need to try to feminize boys. We don't need to make women masculine. It's let's encourage them to be who God made them to be. Encourage them in the directions God has orchestrated Mm -hmm. from their creation, right? And so that is so beautiful. Mm -hmm. And so, hey, little inside peek into our family. I hope it was helpful, enlightening, and so forth. We have wonderful boys and girls, nine of them. And uh, it's just- (laughs) All very different. All very different personalities, Mm -hmm. all different interests and directions and so forth. But I am so thrilled that we have Mm -hmm. really feminine- daughters and we have really masculine masculine boys but you know i think following after god's design for them for sure and i think the the last thing that we want you to take away with is to really realize like in the end we're all human and we all have human nature which has that sinful flesh that the fleshly temptations which are going to be potentially a little bit different person to person not necessarily gender and but the reality is is they're sinners and they all need jesus and so when it comes to loving your children disciplining your children, mm-hmm. training your children, that's all going to be exactly the same. Like you're going to disciple your kids the same mm-hmm. and you're going to educate them the same because they are all they all need to use their education. Like I even think of my girls who want to homeschool their kids in the future. And it's like, well, obviously you need to be educated to educate the next generation too. And I think sometimes people don't really think about that. But you know, all in all, whether it's you're you're thinking, man, my boys, they just are rude. Maybe they burp and they toot and they talk about it or whatnot. <laughs> like girls don't do that, Angie. And I was raised with girls. Maybe you're thinking like that kind of stuff. And I just want to tell you, like you have to teach social graces and polite manners to both boys and girls. Um, but with boys, you you do tend to just focus more on those those types of things. <laughs> yeah, I think we just had a two-year-old experience saying a word that uh, <laughs> yes. you didn't like. That's right. And over so and over we, we had to switch that word with something else <laughs> and train him and talk yes. to him. And our girls would have never said that word. Well, they just still don't. They were, they, they're it's about, like- you know, the word about humans letting air out of their rears. <laughs> Yes. Yeah. So anyways, I I bring that up just to make you laugh because our family is just like your family. And you guys, there are similarities in raising kids because kids are children. And and the Bible says that folly is bound up in the heart of the child. So you're going to be disciplining and training and discipling the same. But then there's these like nuanceical differences because of gender or their interests. And it's just good for us to have our eyes wide open, be seeking the Lord and in in alignment together in marriage. Amen. Thanks for joining us. Hey, thanks for listening and being a part of the 10 Million Legacies movement. Go to BeCourageousMinistry.org for more biblically-based resources, ways to switch where you spend your money that support the mission, and information about the incredible Be Courageous app community for believers. Also, we wanted to quickly tell you about our six-week online parenting mentor program. 
Isaac and I created a powerful biblical curriculum. Here's how it works. Each week, we release a video session with a downloadable parenting packet to make it easy for you to incorporate those teachings directly into your parenting. This is an incredible self-paced program. We cover everything from tending to their hearts, handling obedience, to overcoming mistakes most Christians are making. But more than that, it's a supportive community. You'll have access to our private group in the Be Courageous app, live webcasts, and direct access to us. If you're interested in joining our next online parenting mentor program, secure your spot now at BeCourageousMinistry.org. That's BeCourageousMinistry.org.